Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? 499-9526 will get you right to us. Of course, that's area code 225, just in case you happen to be outside of the local calling area. That's right, and we're still giving away our free T-shirt for the farthest caller this morning. That is absolutely correct. You just let the producer know when he calls in where you're calling, and he'll get your address, and we'll right. get that email. Or actually, actually, you actually can't email a T-shirt. I wish you could. Yeah, you I'm telling you. you got to use snail mail. That's right. Well, USPS that to you. Yeah. So you get just, it out. Yeah, just give us calls four nine 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 five two six, and I see we've got Doug's holding already. Good morning, Doug. How's it going? Doing great. Good sir. morning, sir. Got a ninety nine Suburban. <laughs> uh, AC's not cooling. Okay. So I made a trip last week, and in traffic, it didn't know. It just didn't seem like it got cool, so I rolled the window down. It was a lot cooler outside. <laughs> uh, I got to looking at the pop the hood on it, mm-hmm. and the compressors kicks on and off about every four or five seconds. Yeah, it's probably real low on refrigerant, Doug, which means you've got a leak somewhere in the system. When it starts that short cycling on those older units like that, they've got a cycle switch on it. And when the pressure on the low side drops below about 25, it's going to cut the compressor. Of course, it'll immediately start coming back up because the compressor's not running. And as soon as it comes up, it'll cut back on. So it'll just cycle on, off, on, off, on, off. Now, pretty important, Doug, that you get something done with that right away. Reason being, it's going to burn that clutch up real fast. Right. And when it burns a clutch up, you're basically into a compressor because a clutch costs almost as much as a compressor and it's the same amount of labor. So what you could do is take something as simple as a leaking O-ring and turn it into a new compressor. So that's almost going to be the problem every time on that particular problem where it's cycling like that. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Take you, man. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Jay on the line. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Question about, I have Mercury Marquee. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right at 80,000 miles. Mm-hmm. My dealer says, hey, it's time to flush the brake lines. Normally, Jay, that would have been done during each brake service. Have you ever had the brake serviced on it? I don't know what they've done. Yeah, <laughs> normally you flush out the brake fluid whenever you do a brake service. It's okay. the first thing you should do before you do anything else. And... Not everybody does that. Jay, how, what year model is it? It's a 08. 08 model? I wouldn't say that it's just absolutely mandatory. It's not a bad idea, but there's probably lots of other things that need to be done that are more important. If everything else has been done, yeah. But generally, around or before 80,000 miles, a set of brake pads is going to wear out unless it's every bit of it is highway driving. And when they change the brake pads, they should have serviced the brake fluid as well if they're doing the job properly. Check your records. What you don't want to do is duplicate a service because if a brake service has been done, they've changed the pads, they should have serviced the fluid at the same time, in which case you'd be just throwing your money away going in doing it separately. Now, if either the brakes have not been serviced, then it would not be a bad idea because you're pretty close on your brake pads anyway. Or if they did a brake service and did not do that, I'd probably be looking for somebody else to service my car. Uh, I understand. I, since I'm not a mechanic, uh-huh. I, I, I listen to your show. And yes, sir. I hear you saying, don't flush this or flush that. Yes, sir. Uh, and I thought, gee, before I say yes a lot. Mm-hmm. Try to check with you guys. Well, Jay, generally the word flush has got a real negative connotation, and it can be used properly and it can be used improperly. Okay. There are services like flushing the brake fluid out that are not a bad idea, but like I said, should be done in conjunction with other services. 
to market them separately kind of gives me an idea that, hey, something's being sold here, but who knows? So I would just want to check my service history on the car, see what's been done to it. And you know what you might want to do, Jay, if you're just not certain about all that kind of stuff, is call Elaine, make an appointment, bring that car in for a general inspection, and bring everything that you've done on it with you, all your records. We can do a service review on it and tell you exactly where you stand right now in relation to where you should be. And okay. that will keep you from spending a lot of money you don't have to spend and keep things from getting neglected that could possibly be neglected. One thing I found that not everybody, but a lot of places do, is they tend to push the high-profit, easy services, and they tend to neglect the more difficult services that are necessary. Mm. So we've got okay. a lot of people who are spending more money than they should and under-maintaining their cars. Okay. So I would pick someone who can give me some better explanations than just, hey, you need to do this. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Jay. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Okay. Alright, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we're going to lines with Mark. Good morning, Mark. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you for taking my call. I want to tell you all, first of all, I think it's great that you're willing to give of yourself so much time to educate people, and it's extremely valuable what you do. Well, thank you. And uh, you just can't put a price on how important your transportation is, and it's crucial to be prudent with it. Mm-hmm. I don't have any specific problems. I just I got a brand new 2012 Dodge Charger. I just want to ask you. I was rolling out of a car wash the other day in neutral and forgot it was in neutral. Mm-hmm. Hit the gas and it wound up high at about you know four or five thousand, and I put it in drive before I let it fall back. Yes, sir. And it just made this, you know, hellacious little sound. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I did anything bad there. It's possible, Mark. Those cars, particularly a 2012, have a good deal of components on there to protect themselves. For one thing, it's got what they call a rev limiter on it, which is not going to let it over-rev. It'll shut the injectors down if it starts revving too high. Uh-huh. Another thing on the transmission, when you slam it in gear with it revving, it can break some stuff, except most of these are going to have some type of a solenoid that's going to open and kick it into neutral before it actually breaks something. So, you know, it would be better if you'd never done that, but yeah. if you did, it's not the end of the world. It likely, you're not having any symptoms or anything, no check engine light, no, no noises like, or anything. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't do anything. Just didn't like that, and it may have even gone into some kind of an override where it dumped the pressure rather than applied. Yeah. They, they've got all kind of stuff like that, fortunately, on them. Yeah. So, I mean, I would really be surprised. It really hurt very much. Yeah, it's a big burly uh, ZF yeah, in <laughs> Germany, right. and I'm thinking it's probably all right. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. And I also had slammed the front end. The uh, Florida and the service road have that deep drop, and uh-huh. I went over it too quick and went and skidded. Yeah, for did anything there too, but yeah, probably just need to be a little more careful with that car. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice car. It costs a whole lot of money, man. <laughs> have y'all had any of them? And have you worked on them? Charlie? Yeah, I got a guy that works for me that's got one that. He likes his a lot, and we've seen a few come in. Of course, they're too new. We really hadn't had a lot of problems out of them. Most of them are still under warranty. So, Man, the engineering on them is fantastic. Yeah, they look like a pretty neat car. What do you know about the oil filter? Is it different than the traditional screw-on type filter? Not that I'm aware of. I haven't, like I said, I haven't serviced a whole lot of them yet, but yeah. I believe it's still just a regular old Mopar filter on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm privy to the idea of one oil type. I'm going to go conventional mm-hmm. pins yes, oil because it meets the spec. But yes, the, the dealership offers a complimentary first oil change, and I'm kind of wondering if I can't match what they're using, which is probably Mopar, right, anyway. 
They're probably using a Mopar filter, which is going to be a good enough filter. I'm not sure what type of oil they use. You know, I just bring them the oil? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You'd be dollars ahead. I mean, a little bit that oil is going to cost. Just tell them, look, I prefer to use this oil. Go ahead and put this in it. Yeah. And then let them put their filter because it'll be good enough. And I'm sure they're more than capable of changing all. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, thank you all, gentlemen. And okay. once again, the advice you offer, it's in a sea of confusion and, <laughs> and, and old ideas and myths. You, what you do is valuable. I just want everybody to know that. Well, thank and you. Thank you very much. Crucial. Yeah. And, uh, thank you. all have a wonderful day. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, four nine 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 five two six is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we got Barking Phoenix Alexander. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing good great, morning. sir. Yeah, I've been listening to you for for several months now. I don't even have a car question. I just love listening to you every Saturday. <laughs> uh, well, great. My wife, I, my wife and I went on our honeymoon to New Orleans, and you remind me of uh, of that time of my life. So uh, <laughs> there you go. That's a fun place, man. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I love listening to you on iHeartRadio, and and you guys are great. Well, well good, thank you very great. much. Hey, Mark, I'm gonna put you on hold. Be sure you give me your name and your address so I can get an Agco T-shirt out to you. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, man, hang on. All right, four nine 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 five two six. The number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would certainly love to have you. It's good hearing from folks like that. You sure, know, it somebody's is. Somebody's actually listening out there. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, all over the country. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I do get emails from literally all over the world. Right. Uh, got one from Israel the other day. Got another one from way down in the South Pacific. Really? Seems like Fiji, maybe. Really? Yeah. Guy had a problem with a Toyota down there, and that's kind of cool. The technology and all today, where you can. Yeah, Actually, just communicate all over the world. Yeah, yeah, you really can. Yeah, back in the day, it was a ham radio, and <laughs> that was about as far as you could get. Yeah, I used to be a ham radio operator. As a matter of fact, man, that <clears throat> good old Morse code. You yeah. <laughs> you didn't get a whole lot of personality across lines. No. <laughs> <laughs> just dots and dits. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's kind of cool. We always really appreciate hearing from you guys out there. Just go ahead and give us a call and let us know. Even if you don't have a car question, at least let us know you're listening. Right. Right. It's good to hear from you. There you go. Hey, yo, just in case you don't get a chance to call in, something occurred to you during the week, you can always go to the website. That's right, and get your questions answered that way. Mm -hmm. The address is agcoauto.com. Mm -hmm. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right. Easy way to remember that is take the acronym Altazan's Garage Company. That's right. There's a contact bar on every page. You can use the form on the site. Just fill it out and send it to Lewis and... 24 hours, you should have an answer back. That's right, and generally a lot faster. If I happen to be sitting at the computer, which is most of the time, right. I'll many times just go ahead and send one right immediately back to you, or within a couple hours, generally, you're going to get an answer back from me. And there's also tons of other information on there. In other words, the detailed topics, to me, is probably the most information on specific topics. Put one on there this morning on testing of starter and solenoids, and it's kind of a follow-up to the one I did last week on why the engine won't crank. Correct. And many, many, many people have trouble with their starter where you turn the key, it does nothing, or maybe it goes click or something like that, and they have no clue where to go from there. Right. Well, the first article gives you a bunch of quick tests that you can do without any real heavy equipment. I mean, you may need a voltmeter to run some of the tests, but right. it tells you some things to check, some things you can check with no equipment at all to see what's going on. The second article that went on this morning actually goes a lot more in-depth, shows you the inside of a starter, how it works, what's actually happening when you turn the key. 
how the motor is turning, how the solenoid is closing, how it's engaging the Bendix. So it just gives you a real good insight. I'm not going to say it's going to make a mechanic out of you, but it will certainly give you some things to... Some knowledge behind it. So when you do have to take it in, right. you have an idea of what's going on. Right. And if you are handy, you may get enough from that to be able to go ahead and diagnose the problem and right. change the correct part. Very often we see people come in and they are changing starters, whereas there's nothing wrong with the starter. It's actually a bad cable or, or it's a neutral safety switch or right. a bad ignition switch or whatever, and they just blew two to $400 for a starter motor they didn't that, need. And it may not have been as good as the one they took off. It may not have been as good as the one they removed. And that's very, very easy to check that. And this article tells you exactly how to check those things. So. Pop on there and see what you think, www.agcoauto.com. We're going to take a quick little break and be right back. David, hang on. You'll be straight up after the break. Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer. Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world. No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you time and money down the road and taking their vehicle to agco means it gets fixed right the first time so if you want to learn more about how lewis altazan is a servant to an alien overlord visit agcoauto.com that's a-g-c-o-a-u-t-o.com dave you're really trying to boost ratings aren't you uh sorry wait dave congress is no longer deadlocked and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish yes people our tax money hard at work i'm kit moyer signing off Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 499-9526. And we've got David online. Good morning, David. Uh, good morning, Louis and Brian. As you know, I'll, uh, since it's uh, call in and thank you day, I'll, I want to add my name to the list. <laughs> All right. Of those among your favorite fans. All right. And, uh, and pass along a tip for saving perhaps hundreds of dollars a year, and, and then they can spend that savings at uh, Agco to take better care That's of That's right, <laughs> and save more. <laughs> if, if your listeners in Baton Rouge and up here in Zachary and in between in Baker will go out and vote no on this uh, catch tax today, mm-hmm. we can get a bunch of empty buses off the street and drive easier. Hey, you know, Dave, I got an idea about that. And Brian and I was talking about it earlier. I said, you know what we need to do? Let's take all the city parish employees who have cars furnished to them, put them in the buses. Get rid of all the cars, and we got enough money to pay for the buses. Now, after a couple of years, they really, really like it. Come to us and let us know how well it's working. And then we'll look at maybe do it for some other people. Sounds good to me. Now, how about that? <laughs> well, thank you all very much. All right, Dave. Thank thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499 the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. It's funny talking about that kind of stuff. And you know, I had it occurred to me that you look at a lot of newer cars, and they've got all of this technology on them. And... Technology's been around for a long, long time. Sure this is has. nothing new. Everything has evolved. Pretty much. But it seems like to me, back in the past, they used to put technology on a car or a few models of cars. Correct. And then everyone would decide if they liked this. And then from the reaction of the public, they would either put it on everybody else's car or yeah. it would go away. Correct. I'll give you some examples. Okay. For instance, someone at some point in time came out with intermittent windshield wipers. Uh-huh. 
hey, this is great. We love this. So now it's almost every car you buy is going to have it on there. You don't even have a choice. It's on there. Right. And nobody minds paying for that technology because the cost is pretty low relative to the value you're receiving. Okay. Now, somewhere back along that same time, someone invented four-wheel steering. Right. They put it on a few cars. People clearly spoke, I am not willing to spend the money to get this on my car. Right. We don't like it. It cost a whole lot. I can't notice the difference at all. So it just went away. Same thing can be said about many other things. A rotary engine. They tried it a while. They put it on a lot of cars. Nobody wanted it. Nobody was willing to pay for it. So it went away. Air suspension. It was right. on a lot of cars. The people who liked it bought it. Most people didn't like it. And the ones who did didn't like the cost of maintaining it. That's right. So it kind of went away. But what happens now is that the tendency is we're just going to mandate it. It's going to have to be on there. That's right. You got to have it. Like skid control. Yeah. That's fixing to be mandated on everything. Yeah, 2012. 12. That's all your 2012 model cars. It's on there. It adds money to the car. It adds money to maintaining the car. Sure it does. But you don't have a choice. It's on there. That's right. And when it breaks, you got to get it fixed. Well, yeah. You can't just do without it. Just because it's part of the integral part of the it's, system. It's in there. You got to have it. And another example might be like the tire pressure monitoring system. Now, if it's such a nice feature and people are willing to spend the money to buy it and maintain it, great. Offer it if people want it. They'll get it. But what happens is they mandate it. It comes out on all the cars. Now, not only do the price of cars go up five, six hundred dollars to cover it, but all the little residual costs, because each manufacturer developed their own system and the reset procedures vary on every single car. Correct. The price of getting your tires rotated went from free or just a little bit of money to twenty, thirty, forty bucks. Well, forty to hundred and fifty dollars in many cases. Like some of the Nissan products, you have a Nissan scan tool, dedicated tool. It may cost you 150 bucks to get your tires rotated. There you go. And when you talk about like the stability control, for instance, the price of front alignment goes from $70, $80 up to $200. $200. Yeah. <laughs> because people have to buy the equipment to reset all these sensors that each has, time. That has to be added back in. And it's going to all be added The time it's going to take. Time it takes. The that's got to be added back in. The fact right. that you got to send men to school to learn how to operate all, work on all this right. stuff. There is a huge, huge, huge unrealized cost. When these morons in Washington just decide they're going to mandate something across the board, they don't look into any of that. Right. You remember when you could buy a car, you could go to the dealer and say, I want this, this, and that. Yeah. I don't want this. I don't want that. Yeah. And you could get a car like that. Yeah. Can't do you that. can't do that these days. <laughs> it comes as a package. Yeah, it doesn't come that way. <laughs> yeah. Can't get that. Can't get, to, can't get it that way. <laughs> well, you know, we had a uh, guy come in the other day with a 71 Chevelle. Yeah. S Beautiful SS, car. Yeah. SS 350. I said, you know, if the government would get out of car business, let them start building a 66 Malibu with a 427 L88 in it. There you go. Now, the folks who could afford it and want it would buy it, right. which is quite a few people. <laughs> the yeah. ones who wanted them back then could afford them. Now they can afford them. If I am willing to buy that car, I'm willing to buy the gas to put in it. Life is too short. God bless me. Let me have my doggone car. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your regulations off of my, right. off Keep, my cars. Quit, quit <laughs> mandating what Yeah. And they wonder, I need. And they wonder why we can't sell car well nobody wants to buy it well it's because they're all a little old junkie econo box that costs fortune to maintain costs even more costs, to buy i was just fixing to say and when you park in the parking lot other than the color of the car you can't tell one from another oh i know <laughs> Marty, remember when cars had personality oh yeah so there's a few out today yeah there's a few that look like the old ones. That look like the old ones. <laughs> that have a little personality. Well, the new Camaro is best you know, retro on the old one. The right. New the Challenger, Mustang, Mustang, the Challenger. All retros right. on old cars. Right. We got a, a 47 Ford Flathead V8 in the shop right now. Right. You look at that car and say, look, this is a car, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see 
people standing there in August when the new cars come out, waiting for the big curtain to drop right. in the showroom so they can see the new cars. Just <laughs> in awe when it when the curtain finally oh, fell. Yeah. Beautiful that, automobile. That, now, that was a car. Got in it the other day, cranked it up. I know it's all the gauges work. Now, the car is 65 years old, all the gauges work. Why yeah. is it when I buy a Chevy pickup and 80,000 miles gauges don't work anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Technology. There you go. Yeah, big improvement. <laughs> yeah. What a great improvement. Yeah, there you go. Hey, let's see if we can take a few of these phone calls. We've got Bruce on the line. Good morning, Bruce. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. I called you a while back. I acquired a, a camera. And okay. Anyway, it's got those four-wheel pressure sensors or whatever. Yes, sir. Right. Uh-huh. Is there any way to get around that when the batteries go dead and those things? You can just ignore it and leave the light on. There's no way to get the light off on the dash other than take a business card and sit in front of it so you don't see it. But uh, it's integrated into the body control module of the car, so you can't get around the light, you know, it's a LED soldered into the instrument panel. So it's not like you can pull a bulb or anything. uh, You just have to ignore it, which is what most people are doing now. Okay. uh, I guess a piece of black electric. (laughs) That would work. Probably work pretty good. Yeah. All right. That's all I wanted. Yes, sir. All right, Ms. Bruce. Thank you. 549-9526 number. You know, some of those systems are a five channel system. They actually check the spare which tire which is a pretty too, good feature which is a darn good feature if yeah. that's all it did was check the spare for yeah, you yeah that'd be good that, I, that would be yeah, awesome because I don't go back there and dig through my trunk and find my, check my spare and I want to know it's got air that'd well, be a good feature and you know I opened the trunk the other day mm-hmm. and it was piled up to the lid yeah you can't check the spare in that that's kind right. of car. That's right. So if you knew it had air in it you wouldn't have to worry about well, it. You right. could just keep the trunk right. packed full of stuff. Well and you know if they offered that as an option all they have to do is say, hey, look, tell you what, we came out with this new system. It's going to tell you how much air you got in tires. It right. costs 500 bucks, and in about seven or eight years, it's going to probably cost you 1000 bucks to change all the sensors. Do you want it? Some people can say, yeah, I'd love to have that. Well, you know. Okay, great. If they would do that, yeah. it would be awesome. Absolutely. But they're not going to do that. Yeah. They're going to tell you, hey, this system's great. You know, We think this system's real neat. That's so right. we're going to mandate it across the board in all cars, and you're going to have to pay for it. That's right. <laughs> and they had a system that worked fairly well. Well, but it didn't use the sensor. They, they had the passive system, which worked with existing sensors. You already got ABS sensors. When right. the tire gets low, it turns faster because it gets shorter. So you could do it that way. It costs absolutely nothing extra. doesn't ever wear out. doesn't ever go out and automatically resets itself. And had nothing to, to maintain. Right. But that ain't good enough. That's right. Can't have that. We've got to put sensors in all wheels. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, Let's that's go great, with this. Huh? Hey, we're going to take one more quick little break. Dewey and Rusty, hang on. You guys are going to be straight up after the break. For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms. We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, Questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done from the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. It seems like across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. Sir, I've often pondered those myself. 
Welcome back. Please join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesale, Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? And we got Rusty online. Good morning, Rusty. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, yes, sir. I got a 95 Crown Vic. Okay. And it's got to buy the hunter. It's knocking on hunters. I'm wondering, I've, I've got a noise coming from the transmission. I'm almost 100% certain it's the torque converter. What kind of noise it, is it, Rusty? It's all like an old Tommy buzzer noise, only in neutral. Does okay. not do it in park or any other gear, and it goes. It shifts fine, Yeah, but there's a buzzing noise. Now, in a neutral, is the torque converter still engaged yes, with just a transmission? Is the torque converter is always engaged. Okay, it's is, like the, the stator and the rotor or something? Yes, sir. The, well, the, the shell of it is turning, which is turning the shell, mm-hmm. and the stators and stuff are just standing still, and the fluid is just running through them. Right. which is the way it works. Now, it's not in lockup, which is what occurs around 40 or 50 miles an hour. But right, OD usually, right? Well, it's not really overdrive. Overdrive is another gear. Lockup is where the converter clutch actually closes in there and keeps it from slipping. Right, okay. But if it only does it in neutral and not park, correct? it might not be the torque converter because the neutral and the park condition are basically exactly the same except that the parking pawl is pushed into the back gear in park and not in neutral. But other than that, all the circuits that the fluid is traveling through are basically the same. Yes, sir. Well, I put my head, you know, mm-hmm. I don't recommend anyone probably doing <laughs> this unless they know, yeah. unless they've been working on cars yes, a while, sir. I guess. Mm-hmm. But while I was running, I put one ahead and crawled under it. Uh-huh. And I can definitely hear the noise coming from the transmission bell housing right where the torque converter would be. Hmm. Is there some type of thrust bearing or something there is. that thing yes, rides sir. on? Yes, sir, there Maybe is. But, see, most of that be stuff, doing all the time, you yeah. would think, yes, sir. Now, of course, when it's in gear and turning, uh, all that stuff's going around where when it's stopped, it's not. I tell you, Rusty, that would be a good question for Josh Wilson, our transmission guy, because I'm not as attuned to it as he is. If you want to send me an email, I'll be glad to ask him about that and get you a more definitive answer. I know there are some solenoids and stuff that can make a buzzing noise if they're yes, not engaged properly. Also, the filter can make a noise like that, but generally it's going to get worse as you rev right. it up because you're increasing pressure. Does it noise change if you accelerate or decelerate? You know what? I actually haven't tried it because I was try that and scared see. I heard it. When I heard it, I heard it and immediately shifted it out of neutral. Yeah. But, uh, try just kind of bringing the RPMs up a little bit, and if it is in the transmission, I would think the speed would increase with the speed of the engine if right. it's in the torque converter. Now, I am getting the fa- you know the famed Ford torque converter shutter. Shutter, right. yes, yes. Right. Well, that's but, pretty common. Now, against my better judgment, but this car was, you know, it's pretty old, mm-hmm. kind of banged up. It was a hand-me-down. Yes, so I'm just trying to keep it alive right yes, now. Sir. If and I get a year out of it, I'll be pretty Generally, happy. you can get that shutter out with a with service du- and retarking the valve body bolts. Right, right. Well, which could also produce that noise if you got a cross leak in your valve body somewhere. Well, the thing is, it did it did this right when they gave it to me, mm-hmm. all right? And, uh, well, I started noticing it, kind of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, I went ahead and changed the fluid yes, filter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did it, you know, I, pu- I disconnected the cooler lines, pumped it out, and I drained the torque converter as well because there's a plug on there this is. model. Right. So, and I put new fluid, and I went ahead and put Mercon 5, yes, even sir. though it calls for just regular Yeah, well, it's not going to hurt anything. I was told that yes, the, the 5 it has a little more added. Well, synthetic. Mm-hmm. Okay, though. And, like I said, it's just fine, and there was only minimal... There were a couple of flakes and maybe some black speckle stuff. Yeah, that's but I've not, been told that's clutch material. Yeah, that's pretty normal. And that's pretty normal. It is. 
and it's got 160,000. Right. I don't think it was the first time it's ever been changed because right. I didn't find the mystery plug. Right, there. right. Uh-huh. You know, Rusty, what you may have too is, like I was saying, a cross leak in the valve body because there are some passages that mm-hmm. are going to be activated in neutral that could have, if you got a tiny leak, it, a little fluid could be skeeting between two passages, which may not affect anything other than make a noise. Right, and it could be something like that because it only does it, it doesn't always do it. Yeah, I think it I would try. You know, yeah. you might try retarking those valve body bolts. I know that's a pretty big deal. I actually got is an it article. Inch pounds or foot pounds? Because I got yeah, an inch pound. Right? Yeah, there's an article on my site that gives you the the pattern and everything on that. Just go in and type in like torque converter shutter, and it'll bring it up for you. But yeah, just go in and, and try that. And if you want to send me an email, I'll ask Josh if he has any other ideas about maybe something else that I'm not thinking of. Okay, because I really, besides doing something like that, I don't know if I want to throw. A lot well, of yeah, money exactly. Vehicle, you, know? you know, if you and, can uh, head off a problem, that's great. But you don't want to spend a lot of money on right, something I don't that's spend a thousand on a no absolutely not converter. no and, no because uh, it looks like man this this thing is knocking on 20 years old all that stuff well it is it's, it's got a lot of miles good, yeah you know and it'd be a pain to get some of that stuff off well that's right you know on, the, on your back in the driveway mm-hmm. so that's kind of rough okay russ all right guys well i appreciate it so much yes Thanks. sir thank you bye-bye all right. I four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I we'd love to have you. And we've got Dewey's been patiently holding. Good morning, Dewey. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. I have a couple of quick questions. I have a two thousand seven Colorado. Okay. And I'm having a whole lot of trouble with the ignition. I think it has to do with that pass lock system, but I'm not quite sure. That's why I'm calling you. What's it actually doing, Dewey? Uh, sometimes uh, it has this feature. First of all, it has the feature on the truck where you start the, trying to start the truck. You can actually let go. Of the key yeah, it, it, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, sometimes I could just turn the key on, not try and start it, just turn it on, uh-huh. and it'll just start cranking. Sit there, and it'll start crank, trying yes, to crank mm-hmm. by itself. But when it does that, it never starts, mm-hmm. and I get that little car with the padlock. Yes, on it. right. That sounds probably like an ignition switch problem, do you? Because the sensor for the lock system for the security system is in the lock cylinder. And if it will crank without turning it to crank, it's almost got to be the ignition switch. There's really not a whole lot else there that could activate the crank other than sending power to the solenoid to get it to do it. And that's got to come through the ignition cylinder or or ignition switch. Okay, I've actually had it uh, uh, to the dealer twice Mm -hmm. in the past Mm -hmm. on this problem. Mm -hmm. And they, they came back both times and said, cannot duplicate. Yeah, well, and that's probably true. If it's something that happens real intermittently, it may be difficult to actually find it. How often does it occur? Well, sometimes I'll go a month or two and it don't do it at all. This morning, actually, it's happened twice to me. Yeah, that's going to be a hard thing to find, do it? Because, like I said, if they get it in and they start checking and it doesn't do it, there's nowhere for them to go. You're other than guessing at it. Well, is the ignition problem and the pass lock two different no they could very well be the same problem and see it should set a code in the memory it's not going to be a code you can get to with a code reader but it'll have a code in the body module when whenever the pass lock key comes on on a dash and if you look at that code and it says something like loss of ignition cylinder improper key or something like that then you pretty much know that you're into a lock cylinder so that might be a way to actually fix it, even though it's not occurring, if but you can combine the two. To get that information, you have to have a Tech 2, which is a GM scan tool, right. to get to that information. Right. Which most good shops are going to have. Right. We've got two of them at ACO. 
Okay, great. So, and if it uh, sometimes it comes on on the dash while I'm just driving down the road. Yes, That's sir. A little emblem. Now the the Chevrolet truck, the full size truck, 2000 to 2004, I think, had a little trouble with the ignition cylinders doing that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've got one now, a 2000 model, at the security light staying on because the the cylinder's trying to go bad on it. Right. That or if the module goes bad, that light will come on and it'll still start. Right. It, it overrides the start. A lot of times when the cylinder goes bad, it won't start. So there should be some data stored, though, Dewey, I would think. That I would, would probably get them to scan that and see. Now, if there's no data stored and it's not doing it, then, yeah, you just have to wait till it gets a little more consistent. Right. Well, I'm going to bring it to you guys. But well, I'll be glad to look one, at it. One more quick question, mm-hmm. if, if you don't mind. You bet. My, all my brake, three of my brake lights went out, the one on the cab of the truck and the two brake lights. Okay. And I brought it to the dealership mm-hmm. and as it turns out it had some sort of factory recall okay on it well they did that and now my just my left one won't come on yes sir that's and probably a separate problem dude i think the recall is on the brake light switch right which right. would have fixed all three of them now if one is out most likely you're either going to have a burned out bulb a bad socket or something like that well which i is, changed the, i changed the bulb yeah. and uh the bulb actually wasn't bad checked it yeah. with a meter probably the I socket anyway probably a little socket that the bulb plugs into we change those quite a bit okay well if i bring it in for the other problem absolutely and let, sure and what do i need to do just make an appointment yeah just call lane tell her you know what day you can do it she'll get tell you what's available and you just pick the day that's good for you drop it off we'll check it call you at exact price and fix anything it needs sounds great okay. thank you so much okay, guys. Man. all right sir. bye-bye, bye-bye. Well, I tell you what, one of these days, I think maybe I'm going to figure out how these buttons work. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been here 22 years. I'm still pressing the wrong buttons. Well, what a, what a wizard, huh? Yeah, I'll tell <laughs> we, you. We got Doug on line. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Lewis. Yes, sir. Doing great, sir. Good morning. Let me, let me tell you, I, I, I enjoy the music as your show comes on in the morning. <laughs> I look forward to that. That's good stuff, time. isn't it? <laughs> secondly, I was sitting here listening to you, and I was amazed how like minds, good like minds think. There you go. Uh, about, about this cat's thing. Uh-huh. They, could, they could have, if they had all the state employees and yeah. all the city employees riding it, we wouldn't have we would have a lot less well, traffic on think the road. Think how, how much traffic it would take off the road. Think how much money it would save. That would more than pay for it. So let's That's just right. do that for a couple of years yeah, and it, see, see how you like it. And if you really, really like it, it's great, then let us know. At the very least, we found enough money to keep it going for them. Yeah. Yeah, nothing else. Cough the same idea on up to up to Washington. Now, now <laughs> you're talking. Guys on buses. Now you're talking. <laughs> now I like that idea. Meet me at the city council uh, next week, <laughs> and then we'll we'll get there and close yeah. that. Maybe yeah, we, we suggest that to them. Yeah, that's a good way to fund this. Okay, but well, look, I just want to mention that, but I enjoy your show. Um, okay, Doug. Oh, by the way, one more thing. Yes, sir. When are you gonna get a uh, Adco up in Zachary? <laughs> Well, Doug, I tell you what, next location is probably going to be like in Orlando, Florida somewhere, or <laughs> Colorado, well, or... <laughs> quite honestly, if it's not in Baker, Zachary, or North Baton Rouge, yeah. I'll have problems finding it. <laughs> there you go. I understand. I, I fly airplanes, but I'm directionally challenged. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so okay, much. Doug, have a great day. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we got Greg's been patiently holding. Good morning, Greg. Hey, thanks a lot, fellas. I have a 2002 Grand Marquis. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going down the interstate at, say, 65 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And as fast as I can, I go to 98 miles an hour. Okay. And within 10 seconds, my power steering doesn't work. Now, I've done this about five times within two years. What you're doing is you're driving along around 68 and you're accelerating up to 98? 
Yes. And then the That's power exactly. steering goes away? Yes. Okay. Well, aside from why in the world do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, the only thing I can think of, does anything else quit working? Nope. No, the AC doesn't start warming up or anything like that? Nope. It's just, Some of those cars, not- Greg, have a variable steering solenoid on them. Right. Which, what its purpose is, is that when you're going down the road, you need hardly any boost to your power steering at all. Right. But when you're parking the car, you need a whole lot. Yeah. And that is... My car is my car is so easy. It's so easy steering. Mm-hmm. It's, un, it's unreal. Yeah. But see, that solenoid or the mechanism that it works could be going bad. And I don't know why accelerating at that speed would bring it on, even though it is speed. It does take speed into account. So right. it could be something to do with the speed-sensitive steering to where it's cutting the boost off when it shouldn't, for whatever uh, reason. The high-engine uh, RPM, would that have anything to do with it? Well, see, you could very easily rule that out by putting it in second gear and just bring it up to the same RPM and see if it does it without going that fast. Yeah, that's true. And if it does, then, yeah, it's RPM-related, but chances are it's not going to. More likely, it's speed-related, and I know your speed-sensitive steering is tied into the speed mechanism. It sounds like it's some type of malfunction in that system. Those were kind of problematic, and most people didn't really notice a big advantage to them. So some of the car makers, I know like some of the GM products, they actually sell a little kit to just take it all, bypass it. You know, it's just a little fitting that screws in the pump. You just take the solenoid out, and it just bypasses it And because people don't want to cough up the money to fix it. Right. But yeah. I would think it would almost be that, but I can't imagine that being too too big of a problem. If that's the only time it ever comes on. Yeah, that's the only, yeah, that's the only time it, uh, the power steering doesn't work. Yeah, I think I, I don't know that I would really be too overly concerned about it. I mean, you could bring it in, we could scan that system and see if we can pick anything up. But it would almost have to be something in that system. Another thing you could do, like I said, is to try it in a lower gear and see if you can duplicate it. And if not, we could try unplugging the mechanism just unplug the wire that goes to it and see if it quits doing it. Right. You know, just temporarily disable it and see if it goes away. Right. But I mean, really and truly, how often do you do that? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not a, not a whole lot of instances where you got to do that. So it's probably uh, not something you have to worry too much about. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. All righty. All right. Okay. Thanks Mr. Greg. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. All right. 499-9526. Number if you want to be part of the automotive fire, we'd love to have you. we got to take one more quick little break. Mark, hold on. You'll be straight up after this break. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClin. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. Do you want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and want her phone number. Like you said, a highly evolved life form. Welcome 
Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, if you're into us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call, 499-9526. And we got Mark's been patiently holding. Good morning, Mark. Yes, sir. I have a 2008 Pontiac G6 2.4 liter with a automatic transmission. Okay. And um, recently it's been giving me some power issues as far as uh, like a lazy shifting or bogging down. Mm-hmm. I've discovered this new thing called TSBs. <laughs> I never heard of them before. Type of yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm looking it up, and I found some things where it says that my catalytic converter might be that's one thing, self, right? Mm-hmm. Self compacting, like mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. layers and mm-hmm. locking itself exactly. And also some other stuff about a solenoid recalibration. Now, aren't they things that they're supposed to mail to me when? when no, sir, not no, at sir. all. See, if you need to go on my website and just type in the word TSB mark, and there's an article in there that is going to tell you the difference in a TSB and a recall and, and a, a warranty and a campaign and all right. that. It'll explain it all to you. What okay, a technical it- service bulletin is is a document that we say. The manufacturers, look, we've had a number of people who have complained about this particular item. Here's something to check. It goes out to the dealerships. It goes out to the independent shops that purchase it. And it is just something to check. It's not anything they owe you. It is not anything they can do for free. It is not anything okay. they have to notify you of. Okay. Oh, that, that makes sense, I guess, mm-hmm. because they don't, want to, they don't want to spend the money on it. But well, as absolutely. far as dealing right. with, with the issues here in the TSB, mm-hmm. would it be best to go back to the dealership that I got, got the car from? Originally? Absolutely not. They're not going to do anything for you for free, Mark. Any independent yeah. shop is going to have the same exact information. And oh, just they because there is a technical service bulletin does not mean that's what's wrong with your car. Yeah. So you got to be very, very, very careful. It's kind of like people who go in and read this, that, and the other, and they run off on a tangent, spend all kind of money. All that means is that some cars have had this problem with a similar situation. What you need to do, Mark, if you're starting to experience lowered power, which is what it sounds like, like the power is dropping down, yeah. there's probably a dozen and a half things that can cause that. Number one and easiest to check would be to check the fuel pressure on the car and make sure you've got adequate fuel pressure. Because if the fuel pressure drops down one or two PSI, it's going to drastically affect the power. You know, you're not going to have anything else, but you're going to lose power because your injectors are not going to have as much ready pressure at them to fire. So that's easy, easy to check. So that's one thing you would first look for. One thing could be a plug converter, but again, all you have to do is put a gauge on it and measure the back pressure on the converter, and you can say yay or nay real easy on that. So again, not hard to check. A couple of other things could be something like uh, an airflow meter that's dirty can cause the same thing. You'll get a bog when you accelerate because it takes it a second to interpret how much air is going into the engine, so it's going to lean out when you accelerate. There's a number of things that can be checked relatively easy. What I would do is select a competent shop, tell them the complaint. Don't go in and say, look, I think it's this, I think it's that. Say, look, this is what's happening. When I mash the gas, it bogs down, it's taking longer to shift, that sort of a thing. And then let them run a series of tests and then come back and tell you what's wrong with it. With the airflow sensor, is, is that something that just fails? or They get dirty, and particularly if you use an aftermarket air filter or any of these air filters that you put the oil on, don't mention any brand names, but these high-performance yeah. filters, your oil, those are notorious for knocking out airflow meters. Oh, really? Worst case scenario, it can take it out completely and you got to replace it. Best case scenario, you can go in and clean it because the oil film gets on it and dust sticks to it and it starts reading wrong. Many times you can clean it, even though GM says you can't. GM says put a new meter. But again, GM's in the business of selling $400 meters. 
Right. And some of them ain't worth the, the box they put in. You know? So we actually clean them and get pretty good results with that. Now, if I clean it and it doesn't work, then you got to change it. But it's certainly worth a try because it doesn't cost a lot to clean it, and it costs a whole lot to change it. No, I did buy the cleaner for it, and I used that. And I mm. noticed that the engine shuts off when I take off the uh, air intake. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's right. Throttle body. But is it something that fails intermittently is it something that just always fails or does it, it can fail to either one either one or both yeah it just depends on the it situation or it doesn't work or it, it no sir it, can, it no. can do it can be intermittent okay yeah all right thanks guys okay I'll mark try to get in when I can't be okay working. man bye-bye all right. all right you know we had a vehicle come in the shop today of course we ain't have time to talk about it but talking about that pickup truck all the bolts were missing out of the cab yeah this I, I came don't, in for a squeak right it had a, a noise <laughs> in yeah it. When you'd hit but, a curb. And, the cab was basically just sitting on the frame. Right. It was just the cab was moving around on top of the mounts, and the bolts in the bottom part were not were gone. Yeah. They'd hey. been there at one time because you could see where it had shined it all up. But. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that next week. There you <laughs> go. Hey, I want to tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and tell your friends so we can get some more people right. listening. And, and go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes or iHeart or whichever media you listen to. If you That's give us right. a rating, they'll move us up and maybe more people can hear. There you go. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.